Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 110. Maniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, here again with my co-host, Kona the Podcast Dog, bringing you your podcast goodness for the first week of March. And we've got a really cool episode for you today. Continuing last week's trend of symphonic metal bands, we've got Sharon Denadel, lead singer of Within Temptation, right here on the Adamantium Podcast. In this podcast, I specifically requested this one because I'd been really into uh, Within Temptation recently with the release of their latest singles, Entertain You and The Purge, which will eventually lead into a new album. But hearing the new singles made me go back and listen to all my favorite Within Temptations tunes. And so I really enjoyed this virtual series episode of the podcast. And Sharon was really interesting and so, so sweet. It was It was almost like having a Zoom call with an auntie overseas, except she's way more badass than your average auntie. (laughs) So Sharon was in the Netherlands and I was here in Toronto, a nice benefit of uh, the virtual series episodes. So as we do with uh, pretty much every music episode, here is the Adamantium Recommend segment. To the benefit of those fresh to the music or just to compare notes with you diehards, here are five of my favorite Within Temptation songs. So, as usual, starting with something new, I'm going to recommend their newest single, The Purge. Then we're going to go all the way back to their 2014 album, Hydra. I'm going to recommend the song And We Run, which is kind of a interesting one because it features Exhibit, the rapper, which you think would be a very odd combination, but it surprisingly works really, really well. So then my third recommendation goes back to their 2007 album, The Heart of Everything. I'll recommend the song All I Need. And then from their 2004 album, The Silent Force, I recommend the song Memories. And then going all the way back to their 2000 album, Mother Earth, I'm going to recommend the song that started it all, kind of, for Within Temptation, and that song is called Ice Queen. And there you have it. Now, maybe you're a Within Temptation fan who is uh, tuning into the podcast for the first time today. You definitely know all those songs, I'm sure. And I hope that you enjoy today's interview and that you will tune in again sometime. Feel free to hit that subscribe button there. Yep, that's the one right right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Done. Good. And if you're feeling even more generous, you can give us a five-star review and leave us a nice comment. And finally, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Well, all right then. I am very excited to bring you this interview today, so I won't take up any more of your time. So let's get right into it with Sharon Denadel of Within Temptation, right here on episode number 110 of The Adamantium Podcast. I hope you have a great week, everyone. Happy March, and we will see you very soon. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good, good. I was worried that you were having some technical difficulties there. Uh, one more time difficulties because it's like six o'clock exactly. So it's like right. everything comes together at home. <laughs> right, <Chaos>. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it said on my screen that you were connecting to the audio for a little while. So, uh, anyway. oh, really? Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, I'm glad it. I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, are you? You're in the Netherlands at the moment. Yes, I am. Yes, that's, that's where I live. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Exactly. So, are you guys? Um, are you guys able to? Oh, my dog. My dog might come and visit for a minute. Oh, that's <laughs> no <ridiculous>. problem. <laughs> oh, he's cute. Oh. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh right perfect timing <laughs> um so are you guys able to record together at the moment or are you kind of recording in different studios right now no we're all recording in different studios and in the between times what we did was there were was a little bit less of regulations about traveling mm-hmm. then we were able to also visit each other in the studio like uh, for the recordings i went to sweden where okay. our producer is, uh, he used to live in the same town as I do uh, here in the Netherlands, but he moved away back to his hometown again. So now we are able to go to Sweden, but okay. uh, of course, only between the Corona restrictions when it was possible, of course. Right, yeah. of course. So what what are you guys thinking now? Because I, I, I think you guys are working on more material for the next album. Are you guys, what, what's the kind of... Um, uh conversation right now are you going to try and record separately or are you going to wait until you can kind of be in the same room together uh well at the moment we're still writing for new songs at the moment so we're ready to go into the studio yet but hopefully when we do are uh when we are able hopefully the restrictions are a little bit less they're getting a little bit less at the moment also Very little, not that much, um, but um, because restrictions just went up, we had a curfew, yeah. not curfew and stuff like that. So, oh, you guys um, have a curfew too. Yeah, yeah, we have since a week now. Uh, nine okay. o'clock, everybody has to be inside because mm-hmm. we have the British um, variation of Corona, or, yes. um, yeah. and it seems to be very um, well more heavy than the f- first one, of course. So yeah, they want they- to have everybody as much possible inside. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We they just found uh the South African one here as well uh in the last couple of days. So, yeah, we've we we kind of tightened. We never had a curfew, but they've tightened our restrictions again and um Well, where are you located? I'm in sorry, I'm in Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Oh, yeah, okay. in Canada. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so that's why I hope I hope I picked a good time because I thought T- noon at least there it's not uh too late or not too early no, so. no, you're totally, that's totally fine don't worry about it <laughs> yeah it's, lun- it's lunchtime here so okay which is, okay which is maybe why the dog's very active because she wants like, to lunch she's yeah. getting food <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well we have had um i mean it's been two years now since uh since resist the last album and yeah. we've had uh, a couple new singles which um are both amazing um I especially, I especially love the purge. Uh, it's been on my okay. playlist. Yeah. On, on continuation. Um, so, so I guess the, you, like you mentioned, those were recorded in, in Sweden over the past couple months. Yeah. We okay. recorded, uh, well, uh, entertainment was actually recorded before Corona actually still. And even the yeah. video was shot just before everything was shut down. Yeah. And the purge was the first song that we have written within the Corona time. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the, the purge, when I, when I listen to it, I get this, um, feeling of, it's kind of about losing, losing your, um, your individuality, um, which kind of coincide. That's how I felt kind of coincide also with entertain you. And I was wondering if, um, if this was the kind of the theme you were going for, and is this something that, uh, is, um, in kind of on your guys' minds for the next album? Uh, can you explain a little bit more what you mean yeah, by no. individual? 
Like, so, uh, cause say same with entertain you was, was a lot of it was about, um, not giving up who you are to please society kind of, that's the kind of theme that I got from it. Okay. Maybe you, maybe you can explain your side to it, uh, to me as well. Well, you're correct in a way. And I think it's, it's all glues together, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, from what's every different from different angles, I guess. Uh, Entertain you was was about for us when, uh, a lot, you know, about uh, especially bullying certain people in society who are already different, you know, very mm-hmm. obvious, easy targets. And um, and I think anyone who has been bullied once in their life, even in school or something, they were always they always have this little scar, and they can always uh, emphasize with people who are. Uh, well, seen as different by everyone, you know, mm-hmm. because they have visual, visual differences, uh, physical differences. Maybe they have a different religion, or you know, it's and it's their easy targets. And uh, I, I, I wanted to write this song especially because I saw a lot of uh, videos, and of course they've always been around. But for me, it was a direct uh, need to do something with it because I was so angry about it again that somebody got bullied because he was different and. Um, and I wanted to do something with my anger because, uh, well, I was just frustrated about, I, I felt so sad for the person. So like, you can't mm-hmm. come to, about certain things you don't have any choice in. When you're different, sometimes people are just born different. Right. And um, so it, it feels so uh, pathetic in a way for everybody to feel so safe about themselves by ridiculing other people. And that's what entertainment right. is about. And um and the purge is more about uh, different things at the same time. It's about looking back on life, about choices you've made and dealing with certain aspects from life. So you are able to continue life with a clean sheet, more or less. It's like gotcha. Okay. Accepting choices you've made that were not intentionally bad, but had some side effects that you didn't uh, see coming at that moment maybe and and looking back on it you want to take responsibility for the choices you've made mm. okay so it's more about making a conscious change rather than um uh wanting to change because someone tells you you have to change yeah exactly gotcha. yeah exactly yeah. do you i when you were mentioning uh, a lot about the bullying and being different I, I had read somewhere um that as a child you moved around you were moving around a lot and that sometimes when you moved somewhere that sometimes you would experience some of that because of the culture that you had come from, uh, that was different from where you had moved to. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Well, especially, uh, I never had any bullying until I came back to the Netherlands actually, which was really? pretty strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty strange actually for me, but because I was like, Oh, I'm going home. And I had fantasized about it so much and eventually coming home to the Netherlands and then getting this, you know, cold reception for instance mm-hmm. and from and um coming to school and even teachers uh, you know people didn't understand very weren't very um well they didn't prepare me much for the society in the netherlands because at that time there was a crisis you know an economic crisis uh, so people were you know toughening up in a way and uh, and uh, you could feel that even in the streets and even in school uh, you, you know you could feel that people were more tough than in any country i had lived before that and um strangely enough people really were always in countries where i lived very um curious about me like about my how mm-hmm. i was and who i was and very friendly really wanting to know you and when i got back in that so i was like <laughs> the opposite so i really had to you know i had to get a little bit more streetwise i guess in a way Mm -hmm. and um because 
I also have been living until up that time, until 10 years old, very protectively, you know, because I lived, um, well, um, you know, it was when you're when you're an expat, you live in nice houses. It's like you've been driven, drive, people drive you around. It's like it maybe also a strange perspective of the world in a way. In some countries, my you know, we, we, my parents drove themselves. Of course, it was different in every country and for different reasons. But then coming back in the Netherlands, um, yeah, it was just a, a cold shower. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. were you, when you were writing that song, when you had seen the the boys' experience. Um, were you able to relate to it a little bit and, and use that when writing the song? Well, I, you know, with any kind of, um, I find it very difficult to see. Um, I, I, I probably have a lot of problems with injustice in general. doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, for, but when I saw this, you know, every time when I feel a certain kind of injustice, I'm, I feel um, a need to express myself in a way. But, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know, uh, I guess I just... By nature, that's how I am. I'm maybe a little bit black, white somehow, or maybe I do see a lot of different uh, shades of color that I just can emphasize a lot with them. I don't know, but it's mm. it's something uh, I've always had. Um, it always triggered me somehow, and maybe because of that also. Yeah. Right. Okay. And um, stylistically, I've also noticed that uh, from album to album, within Temptation, kind of. Um, like to to change from album to album and do something new each time uh yeah. resist, resist having elements of like industrial and electronic elements to it um is there something that you guys are looking to explore for the next album um well we're still a lot in that in that same pace i guess in that kind of feel um also stylistic um but you know because uh, sometimes changes come slowly because we've only released two songs now mm-hmm. and uh, the purge feels to me a little bit uh, grabbing back on the older stuff of wood entertainment a little bit more well traditional song and i think entertainment was more experimental in a way but yeah. people were completely surprised what we did yeah, very different yeah. <laughs> also also artwork and everything was quite different and uh, the purge is maybe grabbing back a little bit to the hydra phase to my opinion and uh, musically, I think it's uh, still hangs a little bit towards resist. And um, but it's it's going to be interesting to see what we're going to come up with next because mm-hmm. eventually it will. Uh, it's not like we're looking for certain elements specifically up front. It's more like uh, you listen to bands and, and you feel like certain you get inspired by them. And sometimes it, there's new stuff you can use. You know. Um, new instruments coming out or combinations of stuff. And you think, oh my God, that's amazing. And you do it in your own way with your own music. And, but it's, it's, uh, that's in the moment. And that, right. that's also some of what we are doing now is actually what we have never done before is writing in the moment and being inspired by things that are happening now uh, is something we never did before because in the past we would write for two years and then release it. And songs that sometimes had been written in the beginning of, of that period of that process, um, you know, they, um, uh, it, it, you know, you have written that and it, 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 after two years could also almost feel outdated somehow. And now mm-hmm. I'm so happy with this new, new song that we're really writing in the moment and yeah, well, you know, um, you know, taking in all the new stuff at this moment and it still feels really refreshing and, and new to us and, and inspirational. So it's, uh, that's something that's different. And I think um, what I hope 
because of that that in the end it will be like it doesn't feel like all separate songs that's the only you know right. what right. i'm afraid of because we're writing everything separately and recording everything separately and that's something we've never done before because everything was always recorded at the same time in uh, in like uh, two months periods like we would record everything and but songs would have already been written like two years before sometimes so, yeah. right Right. Is there anything um, at the moment, any kind of sound or band or some that that has been inspiring you lately? Yeah, well, there, there is this. Um, oh, my God. Now I have to see if I can remember the name. I have to look this one up. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm so happy I'm behind my computer now. <laughs> uh, I think it's I want to see what this list is called again in, in one of these streaming platforms, which yes. I won't name that everybody uses. <laughs> um, let me see. Yeah, it's the new core list that I like a lot. There's a lot of stuff happening there that sounds really refreshing to us. I don't know if you know the list. Sorry, the what was it called? It's called New Core. New Core. Yeah. Okay. And what's for and uh, educate me and the listeners what what is included in New Core? Oh God! Yeah. Um, uh, you want me to name some names from yeah, bands sure. that are in that list? Well, we're not, we are not in this list, by the way. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, you have uh, of mice and men. Uh, you have uh, architects. You have um, oh my god, um, Ani Oh my god, am I saying this right? Ani Soke. I um, really like okay. this band, by the way. Um, so there's a lot of bands that we apparently so new, some some new of them core, new core being NU, not like N E W. Uh, no, it's N. Uh, yeah, just like new, new, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, well, like, for instance, like, Corn would always to me was known as like a new metal band, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Something different, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's something different from that. Gotcha, yeah. What yeah. about, what about, uh, like culturally when you, you know, uh, from visiting so many different places, do are you ever inspired by the different sounds of different cultures and? Yeah, very much. I was always, uh, I've always liked Arabic tunes, I mean, like the way how they sing and certain, their music has always been like something that I have brought back in the past uh, because I was, I left, I lived in Yemen for almost, well, almost two years. Mm -hmm. And so the music, you adapt it somehow in your sure. system. Yeah. And I do, uh, there's a lot of beauty in there and there's a lot of Arabic uh, vocalists, which are pretty cool, actually. Um, so it's, it's like just, um, yeah, taking that in. And sometimes when there's a right song for it, you, you take out of that. Out of that jar of memories, you take, you know, inspiration. That's excellent. Um, you guys in 2020 were supposed to tour with uh, Evanescence. Yeah. The headlining tour. Hopefully now in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> we got our we'll fingers crossed for you. Um, but you also, I noticed that on Evanescence's new album, there's a song on there called Use Your Voice, which is a very powerful song. And yeah. uh, it included this kind of powerhouse of female musicians, including yourself. Uh, and Lizzie Hale and Lindsay Sterling and Taylor Momsen. What was it like for you to be asked to to do this project? What did that mean to you? Well, I, of course, it was a big honor because uh, all these uh, very powerful uh, ladies. And um, what I really what appealed to me so much was this 
a gang of girls teaming up and literally using their voice. And I think that, I think everything about it was just so coming together at the same time at the right moment in history somehow also in a way uh, that really appealed to me. So that was something, um, yeah, I was really, uh, I was honored to help uh, help out with a little bit of my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it's uh, I think, you know, as a musician, um, as an artist, um, I think that's what we're here for. We're here to use our voice. And I hear a lot of times people saying, um, don't be so political about stuff because I did speak out also hoping, you know, in a small way, of course, I don't know how much people will reach eventually, but um, admitting color, you know, it's like, okay, because I, I did a post like, please go vote, you know, <laughs> right. I didn't tell them what to, who to vote for. Um, yeah, but on the other hand, it's like, um, because I think it's very, I think it's what you can do as a, as a musician. A lot of people said to me, fans said like, don't be political because that doesn't, ma it doesn't, ma doesn't make me like you better than it makes me like you less. But mm. I think um, music isn't a form of expression and the most important one for me personally. And uh, if I can't say what I stand for, then I think I'm just a tune, you know? It's right. like, I'm just, it doesn't mean anything to me. I need, it needs to have soul, it needs to have heart, it has, needs to have brains in a way to be inspirational for me as, uh, to, to, to make music and, and not admitting color in these difficult times because I think we are in a very, um, well, very, a time that people will look on to in history, like okay. a, a very... Yeah, about, you know, um, privacy laws, about big companies having a lot of power, about certain governments, uh, how we deal with uh, people who are, you know, with, with Asia or poorer countries in this, in this world. And, and I, think, um, I think it's very important to have a voice in mm -hmm. how you look upon that and to bring across a message that maybe doesn't uh, fit in their, in their vision of the world, but I think at least maybe hopefully people will think about it. And I think I have every right to, and I think with that song, Use Your Voice, um, Use My Voice, it's, 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 you know, using your voice is, is, is the most powerful thing you can do as a musician, that's it. I, I agree, and, and I mean, music is, is, is an extension of your own uh, creativity and your own uh, person, and so, uh, I think there's there's no reason one can't express their own opinion in their music, you know, whether it pleases to all fans or not. I mean, if we didn't have uh, music that was quote unquote political, we wouldn't have bands like System of a Down. They wouldn't even exactly. Exist. <laughs> they wouldn't and how exist. cool and how cool are they? What they have just done with their recently their recent song. I think we're in in a time where not a lot of people are saying specifically about the country they're talking about. Yeah, uh, you know anything that's is dead silent i think it's so powerful that they bring this message and i think it's so important also yeah and it and it for one it opens uh it opens people's eyes to issues they don't even know about um because exactly they're there for instance they're them in specific their um voice is targeted at a very specific population that the, their experiences have all drawn from and so it's something that most of us aren't even educated about so Exactly. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, yeah, it's beautiful. I agree. I agree. And speaking of beautiful, on, on Christmas Eve, you guys um, were celebrating the 20th anniversary of Mother Earth, which was yeah. <laughs> quite, a, quite a pivotal album for you guys. Um, and it's unbelievable to think that it's, it's been 20 years. Um, it goes fast, huh? <laughs> 
at two, I didn't even two thousand. I was uh, I was still in grade school. Like oh really? Oh my <laughs> I god! Was, I was yeah. I was uh, eleven. No. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah well, no. <laughs> brings back memories. Yeah. Did no. you know the band by then, or was it just I didn't later? by then. I didn't by then. It was probably about high school when I first heard uh, heard Within Temptation. But I did okay. go back, and I mean, Ice Ice Queen is one of my my favorite songs still. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to ask you: Do you have any uh, favorite memories uh, from that album that that you would like to share? Well, for us, uh, Mother, the Mother Earth album was the most uh, important album for us in our musical career because before that we were just a hobby band and we chose to be a hobby band because in the Netherlands we don't have that much history of bands in that time mm. of going beyond the borders of the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, as you know, is not that much of a, well, not that big of a country. We have a lot of people, but we don't have, <laughs> it's not particularly big or something. So to be able to make music in the genre that we are making, you have to uh, look beyond the borders of the Netherlands to be able to have an existence, you know, that you can well, you can be a professional musician in a way. And um, because of Mother Earth, um, and what I like so much about it is we had a breakthrough in the Netherlands and in Belgium and um, at, first, at first. And the thing was, it wasn't done by big marketing or anything. It was by choice of people's voice again. And it was because radio didn't want to play us because we were this funny band, you know, with gothic lady uh, clothes and <laughs> this gothic vibe and all those choirs. And, uh, well, you know, we were different from a lot of bands at that time, apparently. And um, they didn't want to play us. And we understood that in a way also. But you had this thing called The Box, which was a television program. Mm -hmm. You could vote for your favorite songs, and um, but you had to have, have a, a video. We didn't have a video at first, but then we made one. And we told people, so like, you can uh, vote for us on the box. And what happened, I'm going to tell you the whole story if you like. <laughs> because it's, it's nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what happened was um, people started calling the station, and they called us back, like, please get it off your website because we are going nuts here. The telephone doesn't stop ringing and you don't, you don't even have your video up for selection. And we're never going to play you unless you're going to take it off and we might think about it. So we were like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we never thought people would actually start calling. And um, so we were very much uh, surprised about it. And, uh, and all of a sudden they put our video up for selection, selection, but then months later, like one and a half months later or something. And um, so way later, and we, they didn't tell us. So all of a sudden we were watching television and our video comes up. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends up in the top three of... Uh, of selection, not only in where we were living, but in different um, parts of the country, mm -hmm. because you could vote for every province that, that you are in, you can vote for it. And so all of a sudden we were number one after yeah. a few weeks and we didn't get from that number one. And a lot of people were, it was a lot of buzz around us. And um, so all of a sudden, uh, because we were played so many times on the television program, The Box, um, we ended up in this top 40. In the Netherlands, which every radio station has to play their yeah. 
they, they can't go around you even though they want to. Yeah. So they had to play us. And all of a sudden, everybody was like, who is this band? Became, I think the first entry was at 21 or something. And a week later, it was number two. And everybody was very much surprised. And all of a sudden, we were in every every magazine and, and every radio station because all of a sudden, people were interested and they couldn't go around us and they had to play us. And so I was really, you know, that's, I think that was the most beautiful way of... Uh, a breakthrough for a band like us um, because it was not big marketing it was just simply that people want to hear us and that yeah. was like yeah and we didn't fit in the program but right. somehow we just moved ourselves into it <laughs> and it, it's interesting because it's around that time I think um, around the time that's when like a lot of the symphonic metal type of bands started to pop up um, especially yeah. in that part of the world um, maybe Camelot was like a little bit before then, but, um, but that kind of seemed to be like a, a push right at that time. And, and while you were telling that story, I try, I, I was trying to remember also what was the first song I had heard from with, yeah. and I think it was all I need. All and, I need. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. And, um, there was, I did go through, I mean, I, I like to, I think I'd like to think I have an eclectic taste in music, but there was definitely a, a phase in high school where I was only listening to different metal bands Okay, and, cool. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's when that's when I had discovered Within Temptation. Yeah, uh, it was with Vampire Diaries. I think it was on the television because, and it that, became on a, on I, this. Uh, yeah, I think that might have. I didn't watch Vampire Diaries, but I think it might have been because it was being played, and that's when I heard. And then, um, and then I started listening to you guys, and uh, I felt very cool. <laughs> Ice Queen is still one of my favorite songs. So, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, there was a couple other uh, projects that you guys did that I would love to to quickly talk about before I have to Yeah, no problem. I have time. Um, (laughs) One that I thought was really, really cool um, was in 2013, you did um, these Q music sessions. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Every week you were doing a, you were picking a song and doing uh, a Within Temptation kind of version uh, cover song, and you did one a week for 15 weeks. Uh, Yeah. Which sounds like something that's very fun, but also I'm sure very stressful and difficult. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask uh, maybe what were some of your, your favorite ones? What were kind of the most challenging uh, or what did you find the most challenging about that? Oh, project? my God. I have to remember again which ones we played. Um, I think uh, Knar- oh, even his name is difficult to pronounce. Knarls Barkley was a very difficult one for me personally, because, but I love that one. Um, I think it's called Crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah, the timing for me, because it was a different time than I was used to. So I found that very difficult. And but also it's also one of my favorites. And another one was Imagine Dragons. I loved that yeah. song. Uh, and the funny thing was at that time, it wasn't uh, a huge hit in the Netherlands that came mm-hmm. like months later. Yeah. So we felt like, wow, we could, you know, it's like presenting a song that a lot of people don't even know yet it was already a huge hit i think in america and probably also in canada but in europe i don't know at least not in the benelux anyway so yeah it was really fun to do that it's like who who imagine what <laughs> it's like imagine dragons you know how about a cool name and everything and uh yeah i still love that song up until today because it was such a inspirational song in so many ways the time timing of uh, how he sang but also rhythms in every form were just very inspiring for us as a band i'm i, I remember the ones i'm trying to remember i remember uh grenade by bruno mars i really liked uh, oh cool yeah 
in, in Paradise, the Coldplay song. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. I actually did uh, a Coldplay, um, how do you say, tribute. Um, okay. We have this in the Netherlands, this is a huge show they have. It's a live show and it also gets on television, like Night of the Proms kind of thing, but then mm -hmm. differently. Um, and they have all these artists and they all have to uh, work together. And they, it's like one person plays two songs of themselves and then another uh, artist comes on and they sing with the second song. They sing together or play together and then... I, you know that continues constantly there's someone new introduced every time very cool and and there's one artist that gets to do a tribute to a certain band and they gave that honor to me to do Coldplay wow. so I sang, sang some songs from Coldplay at the time with a big orchestra behind me and wow. that was really cool <laughs> wow do you remember do you remember which any of the songs that you did do uh, uh star stars is called um Oh, sky full of stars. Sky's full of stars. Sorry, I'm so bad at names. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm not I really good. At... That's actually one of my favorite Coldplay songs as well. One of oh, the... really? Yeah. yeah, mine too, actually. But I, I really like the band, so I was really happy to do that. Very cool. And also, some uh, one of the few um, male vocalists I can actually sing along with. <laughs> so yeah. Is that uh, is that? Do you find that challenging doing uh, male vocal parts? Well, sometimes because you're having a problem with tonalities, because sometimes, you know, a certain song certain really sounds certainly in a certain way very cool because the guitars are very low or I'm just, just uh, this is general what I mean, uh, especially when you take metal songs and then do you want to do it in my tonality, it's going to be like sometimes even lower or it's going to be very wimpy <laughs> so you yeah. have to make choices so. and or i have to sing in it make my my life's going to be very difficult i have to sing it in a tune that's not that very comfortable for me for me although i have a very broad range of um you know um of singing for myself so it's yeah. but there is a limit to everything <laughs> here um, he is again <laughs> yeah, know. she's coming to visit i know she's she's hyper because she knows it's lunchtime um, yeah <laughs> Speaking of, of your, your vocal style, when I showed Within Temptation to a friend who is not uh, someone who necessarily listens to metal, they, they had described, she had, she had said, this sounds like if Celine Dion were in a, because we're, we're Canadian, this sounds like <laughs> if Celine Dion were in a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a new one for me. I, I heard, it's uh, a great compliment. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, yeah, of course. But uh, I, I, someone said to me, who wasn't very, com uh, didn't mean it as a compliment, said, yeah, it reminds me of uh, Kate Bush on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've heard you, and is that when you decided to do the running up the hill or running, running up the hill? No, it was, uh, that, that comment came af afterwards, of course, but yeah, uh, yeah. no. You know, I was always a Kate Bush fan, more or less, uh, especially because my dad, he used to listen to it right. in our home and um, secretly because my mom really didn't like her voice and my dad was a huge fan. Right. So when she closed the door behind her, it was like, okay, where are my Kate Bush, Kate Bush records, you know? And, I, <laughs> and he would put them on and we would enjoy that together. And, uh, but... Um, so, but yeah. Uh, and of course, I'm a huge Tori Amos fan. I think Tori right. Amos somehow was of course in i think inspired by kate bush um so yeah um so you're you know, saying, you're saying your, your dad was a, a, a big fan of kate bush so where, when did you yeah. get your first taste of of heavy music when did that uh 
Well, I grew up with parents who always had music on and mm. um, especially living uh, in Indonesia at the time when I was growing up, when I was really young, um, it was very warm in the house and they would open the windows and they would put the records on and it was all day. And um, if not so, if, even when my father went to work, my mom would play those records and there was music in our house always, and especially in the weekends. And they listened to, they were very um, up to date with music. They were always, oh, they were so much into music. They went to so many concerts. They had so many records uh, from Deep Purple to ELO to uh, Eagles. I got it all in a very early age. And when I was five or something, I said to my mom, you know, I want to have pocket money because my, my older brother, who is six years older than me, uh, got pocket money and she said well okay that's okay for me honey but you have to spend it on music oh. that's what she said so I got into buying records in a very early age and okay. uh, so yeah <clears throat> that's a great and of story. course <clears throat> sorry <laughs> that's a very I, I love that story also yeah <laughs> um and and but it was also uh, uh something that helped was i lived in indonesia at the time and those records weren't that expensive so i came home every time with a whole pile of records so it was like every week we will go to the record store and buy some stuff very cool um the last thing i wanted to ask about was um in 2016 you guys had done this black chris these these black christmas shows um yeah I thought were so cool. I mean, maybe because I'm a big Game of Thrones fan and that's what it really reminds <laughs> me of. But I wanted to know where the concept of the Black Christmas uh, shows came from. Um, and if you guys had ever thought about doing something like that again. Well, it was actually, we were actually planning to do so because it became like a, a regular thing. Almost every two years we would do something like that because I think mm -hmm. at least we did it four times. I think, yeah, four times. And we did it also like not one show, but three in a row. And right. it was uh, such a fun thing to do. Um, to be exact, I can't remember how we got into it, but the, the thing for us was mostly that we don't like, we do like Christmas, but it's yeah. always like you have to have wear the tuxedo, you go to family, it's all, you know, everything should be, everybody's always, this. it should be so perfect. And we felt like why not do something just before Christmas to go crazy and do the opposite of what people want to see, right. you know. Mm -hmm are very traditional in a way. So to everybody who wants, who feels like that, this is the perfect party for them. And that's why we call it Black Christmas because you could dress up um, in the most, uh, <laughs> uh, well, almost Halloween kind of way. Yeah. And um, what we had was, it just went beyond just making music. We did a lot of, uh, we had a lot of street arts um, going around the venue also. We had people, oh, really? you know, uh, with spitting fire. They were dressed up. They were book on, you know, on these poles. How do you say it? I don't know how you say it in English, nope. but they, you know, make them extra long. The yeah, wooden stilts. poles. <clears throat> stilts, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Stilts, yes, sorry. Uh, people would walk on stilts and have these huge gowns on and flags. And it was a whole event for the whole city mm -hmm. that we played in because even... Uh, people who were having restaurants nearby would had a with invitation menu, and the, you know the Black Christmas menu of the day is. <laughs> so you know, and it was it was like this really, yeah, a special event for us, and uh, everybody went along with it. And you could come come into the venue, and then you could take a picture with yourself with the whole surroundings around it that we had 
set uh, there as decor that you could be pho photographed and have a selfie with and then, you know, those kind of things. And there was a whole experience, not just the show, us playing also a lot of covers of other people that fitted the, the theme, but also some old songs that still fitted, that are, are, were our own or are our own, I mean, uh, and put them in a different jacket again. It was really fun to do that. It looked like a lot of fun. Um, was that something that was strictly in, in Europe? Yeah, it was, but it was in a in a point that um, that a lot of countries were connect coming together because it was in the south of the Netherlands, where it's very close to Belgium, very mm -hmm. close to France, and very close to Germany. So a lot of people came from that area, and uh, we did try to bring it to England once, but eventually it didn't work out because because they didn't understand the concept, and maybe because I don't know, they are maybe they are very much embracing Christmas much more than here in the Netherlands. Gotcha. Okay. So maybe Black Christmas was a little bit too far. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I know that that the, that the people that are you know were trying to uh, negotiate with 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 venues didn't get the concept somehow. So unfortunately, because we would love to bring it to different countries. I thought it looked like a lot of fun. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> I could tell because all I could find obviously was just you know video footage from it so I didn't realize you had actually done it more than than the one year um yeah we just recorded it only once that's the only gotcha. thing that we, okay. yeah uh, well that looks seemed like I hope that uh you can do something like that again I mean for one I hope we can all be on tour again <laughs> yeah um, yes exactly that that yeah. first <laughs> yeah well Sharon thank you so much um for taking some time out of your your evening and you're most uh, welcome Yes, and I look forward to uh, the next singles and, and album, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on this side of the planet. Yeah, I hope so too. Later. Um... Yeah. <laughs> so thank I'm you. I'm wishing so with you. What's that? You're most welcome. I, I, I'm wishing with you at the same time, and hoping for that. And fingers crossed. And uh, I wish you all the best. Stay safe, and um, hopefully we see each other soon on the other side of the pond. <laughs> next time we'll do the uh, the follow up interview in person next time. I hope so. Let's do that. Thank you, Sharon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.